This episode of Control Alt Delete is brought to you by GoToMeeting. Think about the time, money, and hassle it takes to hold a meeting. The solution? Meet your clients and coworkers online using GoToMeeting, the smarter way to meet. GoToMeeting makes it easy to meet with your team whenever you need to, wherever you are. With GoToMeeting, you can meet from any computer or mobile device without travel expenses or the hassle of traffic. So just turn on your webcam, and in HD quality, it'll be like being in the room together. Everyone sees what you're seeing, so your team can get on the same page and get going. So, try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. That should be obvious. That's GoToMeeting.com. It's free for 30 days. This episode of Control-Alt-Delete is also supported by Wonder Capital. That's Wonder with a U. Wonder Capital is the leading online investment platform that allows individuals to invest in large-scale solar projects across the U.S., Wonder Solar Investment Funds allow you to earn up to 11% annually while diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. With Wonder, you'll achieve monthly cash flows in a fully managed online investment account. And best of all, Wonder Capital doesn't take any fees for managing your money. Wonder Capital is a Techstars-backed financial technology company in Boulder, Colorado. So take advantage of Wonder's platform. Just create an account for free at wondercapital.com walt. That's Wonder with a U. Invest in Wonder Capital Solar Funds. Do well and do good. Hello, and welcome to Control Walt Delete. An increasingly, I don't know, what, what, what's our word today, Walt? What do you think? Uh, increasingly uh, familiar. Oh, there we go. It's like your old friend. Your old friend, Control Walt Delete, is here. Right. Uh, I am Neil Patel. The editor-in-chief of The Verge. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, uh, Walt Mossberg, the executive editor of The Verge and co-founder of Recode. Hey, Walt. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm good. I have a little cold, but uh, I think we'll make it through it. Yeah, I got to say, for the listener, just be warned. It's going to get weird today. Walt has a cold and I believe has hopped up on on medication. Every medication, yeah. And I have just completed a brutal 24-hour red-eye experience in San Francisco where I... I literally flew to San Francisco on one red eye, spent a day there, and flew back another red eye. So I am loopy as all get out. So get ready for a wild ride. Um, and to make sure it's as wild and hairy as possible, this week Walt wrote about Wi-Fi routers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I wrote about a Wi-Fi system. Yes, that's true. From a company that refuses to call itself uh, call its products routers. Oh, they, they don't. No, they don't call them routers. They That's hate calling them routers. They, they say call- they say they say their 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 devices can act as routers in certain configurations or in every configuration. One of them has to act as a router, but they're not routers. And in fact, that's an interesting point. I think um, what I wrote about was called Eero E E R O, and uh, it went on sale yesterday. And uh, The Verge has written about it before because. They've been raising money. They've been uh, kind of in the news. They had some earlier ship dates that they missed, but they finally shipped yesterday, and I tested it for about 10 days, and it really works. And it's a new – it's a rethinking of the Wi-Fi router. Right. Uh, The way – starting from the way it looks, but more importantly, the philosophy. So you think of a router as something with like – 16 ugly antennas and blinking green lights that you can't always figure out. This has none of those. And to be honest, there have been some routers in the past with no external antennas and no 
well, most of them have had uh, a lot of lights. But yeah. um, but what's really different about this is they're taking the they're taking the uh, position that it's ridiculous to assume that you're going to cover uh, all but the smallest homes with one router, which we've all known. Yeah. But which the industry has never sort of owned up to. And well, they ha- I mean, there's if you go to Best Buy, there are a lot of insane products that are. I've tr- so my parents have a a large home in Wisconsin. Uh huh. Um, it's you know it's like one of these '80s big rambly '80s houses. Yeah. Um, and it's not. It was not designed with any networking in mind, obviously. Right. Um. So it's got you know random walls in it that just like kill signals and little little corners. Um. And I have tried everything in that house to get. Oh, and, and because it also wasn't designed with any of this thought in mind, the um, the cable modem comes in in like the worst possible location in the house. Of course, which is like all the way in the back corner, farthest away from the kitchen right. where everybody wants. Well, to Well, it's stuff. it's basically wherever the the cable guy decided to put it that day. Yeah, like literally in 1984, it was decided that this would be. Where oh, but even if you called the, the cable guy today, they'd put it wherever wherever it was, and they'd look around. Where's the cable come into the neighborhood and? What's the shortest distance, and how can I get out of here? And they'll just, put, <laughs> you know, seriously, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's where's the cable money? Yeah, it's in, I, the, I'm a, it's in my... the attic over over <laughs> Junior's bedroom. You know, yeah. Uh, but every year at Christmas, I go home and I end up at the local Best Buy, just buying stuff. Yeah, just D-Link this and Netgear that, and and and, and boosters and repeaters. Yeah. None of which ever. I mean, I've I've been through it all uh, in my house. Uh, also, Neela, I mean, I've had, I was just thinking when I was writing this column this week, I've had, uh, I mean, the, the, the routers I had when I, uh, deconnect, disconnected them to test Eero, uh, were Apple, but, um, yeah. and I've had Apple for the last, I don't know, four or five years. But before that I had, uh, you know, Linksys, Netgear, d I mean, I've had them all in here, mm-hmm. either because I owned them or I was or they made a claim that they were going to solve all the problems so I reviewed them and uh you know Eero takes the position that that I think you're going to see more and more companies take there's at least one other company I forgot the name now but somebody tweeted to, uh, about it uh in response to my column uh, that is very similar that takes the position uh that it's it's just we need to give up this idea that we can have one router. It's crazy. And the, what you really want is a distributed network of small devices. And crucially, these devices talk to each other right. and, to the, and to the cloud. Um, and they Wait, talk, why to the cloud? Well, because the cloud takes away, in the, at least Eero's theory is that the cloud takes away the complexity of you having to you know, configure it, maintain it, update it, all the things. Um, huh. And in fact, I got an email this morning saying, hey, your arrows were updated overnight at one in the morning or something. Oh, that makes it. sense. So uh, they do a diagnostic. Uh, now, obviously, bad things could be done also from the cloud, but we're going to assume that most companies that want to stay in business aren't going to do that. So, um you know, the cloud is used for diagnostics and and for over-the-air updates, just like on your phone, just like on all the other stuff you own. And the mesh network, which is uh, has some 
aspect of it that is just reserved for the things talking to each other without, in my experience at least, taking away from your speed and capacity, um, they can they can they can communicate and say the first one you put in is a router that one has to connect to your cable modem or your DSL modem or in my case it's FiOS and there's that horrible ugly it's like an orange box that they put in my house. Do you have FiOS? I have FiOS. My box is uh, not uh, orange. It is white and hidden away in a very recessed closet. It's oh, the well, ONT, my, right? The the optical network terminal. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not talking about that. Inside the house, I now have an orange box that they insisted upon putting in here the last wow. time something changed. And um, uh, so you plug it in mm-hmm. to wherever wherever your in, your internet comes into the house, and that first one becomes a router. But it doesn't matter. You could pick any of them. It's a box of three. I mean, you can buy it. Let me back up. They sell it in two ways. You can buy one of these for $199, which is the same price as Apple's, yeah. but much more expensive than, a, than you know, there's, there's $19 uh, Wi-Fi routers on Yeah, Apple. I mean, I have a $199 uh, Netgear Nighthawk, which I bought because I think it looks mean. No, I mean, that's literally yeah, how that's I chose like, this, this right. router. I was like, like that one looks mean. It's cool. I bought the coolest one. Is basically yeah. what I thought to myself. Jesus, Eli, a, a router? Seriously, cool. it looks really cool. Does it have racing stripes? <laughs> no, it's like black. It's it looks. I mean, it looks like a like yeah, a F one seventeen. Yeah, but it's sit in a corner. I mean, really. Anyway, I mean, yeah. All right. So, well, if it's it, gonna sit there, it might as well look cool. Well, this looks nice, <laughs> and it's you can buy one for one ninety nine, but they really think. That even people with an apartment, uh, if it's unless it's a super tiny apartment, there's just obstacles. Like you were talking about with your your parents' house, there's walls, different construction materials. Like our our mutual uh, friend and and great colleague Dieter Bone at, has an apartment uh, w- which uh, was built, I think he said in the twenties, and it doesn't have drywall. It has plaster. Plaster lath, which is I, I've lived in houses with that, and that's uh, got chicken wire. Yep, it's plaster with chicken wire, but the chicken wire, you know, totally destroys the Wi-Fi signal. So you're always going crazy trying to figure out where the where to put the router. Well, Dieter made a, a cameo appearance in the lead of your article. He which did. I got to say, <laughs> if you haven't read it, you know, I, I, Walt told me he wasn't going to change when he came to the Verge, but. It's, yeah. What is it? Six months in, Walt's Walt's <laughs> dropping s bombs and leads to reviews for Wi-Fi routers. Now, I think it, I think it's safe to say the man's stretch, <laughs> he's uh, stretching his wings, whatever. Whatever. Unfurling. It's great. I just yeah. well, I just quoted Dieter. But, <laughs> You're but, not taking credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take credit for it. But but the point is, uh, the point is, there's lots of obstacles, even in a even in a. Uh, I, I think Dieter lives in an apartment, yeah. as, as opposed to a house. Uh, I have a two-story suburban house. It's it's quite different uh, than than Dieter's home, but uh, there are things that interfere. Like my, uh, you know, I have a big brick wall in the room where where which we use as our family room, and where we have a lot of things like our Sonos and our Apple TV, and we use our laptops and our iPhones. And well, iPads. I mean, this is like a it's a, it's a broader thing. It, it's literally is 
every device. I mean, I have a MacBook Pro that doesn't have an Ethernet port anymore. That's actually kind of crazy to think about. Like, I often forget this computer doesn't have an Ethernet port because I think of a fifteen dollar or fifteen inch laptop as. What's the computer I'm using right now to do this podcast? Um, but that's like one with no Ethernet port. Yes, but that's like that's one thing, right? But there's so many other things that are constantly reliant on having access to a reliable wireless signal in your home. Um, it's actually the reason I bought this Nighthawk. Like I have a not huge New York City apartment um, and I have a Sonos and I, I I don't need to buy the Sonos bridge and all this stuff. And they released the version of Sonos that can operate over the Wi-Fi. Right. And the Wi-Fi in my apartment, it, again, not a huge space, was not strong enough to run two Sonos, which is so I had to go buy a new router just to make sure that, you know, we could run the two speakers and right. somebody could stream television in another room. Um, and it's as... As everything gets a wireless chip and a processor in it, the Wi-Fi networks in our house have to be so re- when so I, much more robust. When I set up this Eero, yeah, um, and so the first principle, remember, is multiple devices. Just forget about one device. I mean, obviously, there are people listening to this, and maybe you're one of those people for whom one device suffices and good for you. But for a lot of people. You're not getting optimal performance. You're not getting what you pay for in all the parts of your house if you only have one. So multiple devices is is their point. And then the mesh network and the cloud to, so that you don't have to ever hassle with it. And then the third aspect of it is that it's set up by an app on your, on your Android or iPhone. And uh, the app actually walks you through step by step. It suggests where to put things, yeah. you know, where to put the next box and so forth. And it also, in, in, in Eros, has a built-in speed test, and it will tell you how many devices are connected to your network. And when I set this up and looked at it, it said 16 devices are connected to your network. And these were not the neighbors, because I've got a good enough password that the neighbors are not connected. Mm-hmm. Um, 16 devices. Wow. So, I mean, it was just like, and it's just my wife and I. I mean, because yeah. our, uh, uh, our kids no longer live here and um well let me guess so, let me guess. it's two phones two yeah. ipads that gets you to four three i th- uh three ipads three ipads so we're five already i mean five yeah. already and we yeah. haven't even we haven't even done anything yet yeah. um right. two laptops takes us to seven yeah but two yes but more way more than two laptops. well sure but i mean i'm just saying like, like i'm just i'm not yeah. even again we've barely done anything in sort of the right. modern environment like right now you've got the basics uh Apple TV, Roku, right. takes us to nine. Right. What else? Uh, Sonos speakers. Two Sonos, yeah. Two Sonos, that takes us to 11. Yeah. What else? What else? Let me, let me keep thinking here. Uh, Do you I have think a Nest? T- T- no, but I have TiVo. Okay, TiVo. And, I mean, we could just keep going for days. Yeah, we could keep going. Kindle. Um, Kindle. Oh, Kindles. Oh, my God, Kindles. There's like Kindle. nine Kindles in my house. <laughs> right. So it just, it, it, it's amazing. And... The the thing that really put me over the top in thinking, in in believe, becoming a believer in this era, in and and by the way, the Apple things worked fine, but they required a very careful techie kind of setup to make them talk to each other, and they really didn't. They had the same SSID, but they were really kind of two networks, and. Um, uh, and I had to get support from Apple at various times, yeah. from Verizon at least at one time, which is not my favorite thing. And 
uh, I didn't. It, this was just so. So here's the test that put me over the top. I decided to try something ridiculous that no one would ever do. I streamed uh, <laughs> a high def movie or TV show. I forgot what it was from Apple TV. At the same time, streaming from Apple Music in the cloud, you know, in the cloud, some playlist onto the Sonos, one of the Sonoses. I uh, downloaded a big file from Dropbox, set that in motion on one of the laptops. And then I took another laptop and, and used Apple has something called AirDrop, which is peer to peer. And uh, I was transferring photos with that. And then, then I was walking around the house with my iPhone playing clips from YouTube in all the different rooms. And my wife, who was trying to ignore all this, was just, you know, surfing the web and then looking at her iPhone occasionally to check Facebook. And nothing stuttered, nothing stopped, nothing buffered. I mean, I don't know what the speed at each device was, but all I know is it was plenty fast and every task was being done at quite a good speed. Right. And what's funny is you say that seems ludicrous. But if you have a family or you have people over, yeah. maybe it's not ludicrous. I mean, that's right. that's uh, that's a pretty normal use. I mean, I think about it all the time in the context of our office. Um, and even when we go to CES, right, we have a trailer, we get a router, and then... I've our, been in that trailer, yes. Our IT guy is like, there's 500 phones in here. <laughs> I'm like, how did that happen? Right. And it's like, everybody comes to see us with two phones and a laptop. Um, and just the amount of strain we put on these networks now, it's funny. Um, a, I don't think we think about it. And B, I don't think that the sort of router industry has really thought about it in a, like a holistic way until just very recently. Um you know, like uh, our friend Joanna Stern is always, you know, her whole thing is she she likes to find piece of technology that we take for granted that aren't being disrupted or improved. Uh, she just did a thing on routers, and she wrote, she also reviewed the Eero. Um, but it, she, when she and I were talking about it, it's just it's really amazing how many people will, will take the crappy cable company router or the built-in cable modem router combo, and then be like, why does this suck? Why does my Wi-Fi at my house suck? And it's because it cost a nickel. Yeah, it costs them a nickel. They charge you <laughs> five bucks a month, and and it's in the wrong place. And even if it was great, like I mean, to be fair, the Apple ones, yes, they cost more, but they're also pretty high quality. Even they, I mean, they just can't. You just can't have one unless you have a small enough place, and you and you happen to have a perfect spot for it that you're we're not going to trip over. You know, like. It could be that the perfect spot is in the middle of the floor, in the middle of a hallway. That's mm -hmm. not practical. You're not going to put it there. Right. So, But I, I think it's just amazing. And Walt, you sent me this column from, was this 2000, November 2000? Right. You reviewed Wi-Fi for the first time in the Wall Street Journal. And I'll read it in a sec. But what I want people to think about is, think about the context in which Walt is saying what he wrote here, and then how utterly dependent we are i mean i can't think of anything in my home that lights up that doesn't want a wi-fi i have a fucking bathroom scale that wants a wi-fi connection <laughs> yeah like, it's ridiculous um okay so this is walt uh personal technology in a little newspaper known as the wall street journal um it's just a little rag nobody cares about it 
Uh, November 16th. I I moved up in the world. He moved up, moved on. Uh, November 16th, 2000. Um, I like that Walt has to use this like crazy service to get these old archives. And it's like, Walter S. Mossberg, 954 words. But the title is, uh, Wireless Networks Let All of Your Computers Bask in the Web's Glow, which kind of poetic. Anyway. um, Either I or my headline writer was, yeah. uh, So it's... Again, either it's long, but I we were reading it before the we started recording here, and I, I there's just three lines at the very end of it, which to me, I don't even think like a regular person um, would think that these were questions once upon a time. But this is just 16 years ago. Walt writes: There are some competing wireless network standards, but in my view, Wi-Fi or 802.11.b is the best bet. That's like crazy. That, <laughs> like it's crazy. Well, That's it like, wasn't. It actually wasn't even in two thousand, and certainly in the late nineties, it wasn't settled. There were some competing. I don't remember their names, honestly. Yeah, I, could, I, I was trying to Wikipedia them. I couldn't find them. Competing ones out uh, there, and I wrote about them too. Although I didn't have time to go find the column. Well, you I mean Wi-Fi is more likely to be used in large offices? It's like that is crazy to to, to be in a position to have to predict that. So that's one. Um, and then the specific implementation of Wi-Fi that you reviewed was called Orinoco, um, right? Which I think was AT and T's. Lucent. Lu- well, yeah, but Lucent was. But AT&T's I don't know that labs. Lucent was part of AT and T then. I don't know when they combined. But anyway, but you don't know when AT and T reconfigured itself to become AT and T again. Many um, times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the board. It just keeps splitting up and recombining. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'd love to be able to recommend. Walt well, this is Walt again. I'd love to be able to recommend Orinoco unequivocally, but I can't. While it works effortlessly, the setup is too complicated for mainstream users. Which is again, that to me is like you can't recommend Wi-Fi unequivocally. It's kind of an amazing thing to even even comprehend thinking. Uh-huh. But second, this problem, the setup being too complicated for best results is literally what the product you're reviewing now is trying to solve. Yeah. All these years, 16 years later. Yeah. that's That to me is wild, right? It's 16 years later and we're still thinking about how to properly configure the access or the gateway access to the router, to the wireless network. Uh, and we're slowly, you know, the one product we haven't talked about is Google OnHub which tries yeah. to solve many of the same problems. Yeah, sort of same it does. Um, although Dan has one, I think Dieter has one, and they are both... Dieter's get, Dieter said he's switching to the zero thing. Yeah. And the problem is with the Google, and, and I haven't tested it, so I, I'm no expert on it, but the Google OnHub, as I understand it, uh, does have simplicity, does use an app, so those are good things, but it tries to do it with one router, one device, instead yeah. of the multiple device thing. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny how hardware that plugs in. It, 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 in in my mind, this is definitely the sleep deprivation talking. But you know, the OnHub and the Amazon Echo like look the same, and they both have. <laughs> just go with me. Just follow me. Follow me on this road of crazy. Uh, yeah, because uh, it's a crazy road. Uh, but they both. I'm have... with you. I'm on the cold meds. Remember? I mean, <laughs> take another drink. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, but no, more, they... Ni- more Nyquil. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but no, you you plug them both in, and because they both have like access to constant power the the innovation in both products is actually um it's hardware innovation much more than software innovation so the the onhub's whole thing is you plug it in you use the app it dynamically tunes the antennas inside of the thing 
they made it prettier so you don't like hide it in a bookshelf. But that's not really the point. The point is it's got all these antennas and it's doing all the software reconfiguration of the antennas. Right. That's clever. And with the Echo, it's like you plug it in and it's got, what, seven microphones in the top. And it's always listening and it's doing this dynamic recalibration of the acoustics in your room. And I actually think the Eero, I, I, I can't be sure about this, but I think the Eero does some of that too. Right. In, and, in its different things. But the only reason I bring that up is it's actually really interesting to think about the value of technology that stays in one place and is like literally tethered to the wall and what what software can do in that sort of environment rather than software that's or hardware and software that's always following you that's mobile right our entire paradigm for everything has been mobile 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 and it's just interesting to see what can you do if you but tell it, the and, and the other thing stay in one that's, place. that's ironic is mobile isn't really mobile in the if you want to use it to connect to anything because in the end all, all your, you know, your smartphone has to connect to something that is fixed. Mm-hmm. It has to. I mean, it does it wirelessly, but it has to connect to either a giant cell tower, which is certainly a fixed object, or uh, a router. In the in your office, it's probably above the the ceiling somewhere, but it's right. there, and it sits there the whole time. Hotel room, same thing. Home, same thing. And so, as you said earlier, there there has been not, there has been no attention paid to it, but not enough. And the these there's there's Eero, there's the Google thing, there's another this other one I just can't remember the name of, which I blame on the Nyquil. But um, <laughs> it looks a lot like Eero. It's you know the design of the of the little boxes are different, but the idea of it has a mesh network. It it. Uh, you know, works with an app. It it does all that kind of stuff. It uses the cloud. There's going to just just going to be a bunch of these people uh, going after this market. I I do want to give myself a little credit and say that in 2000, oh, although, this is, this is the I, line we didn't read. Yeah, you you got to read a little more here. All right, all right. I'm going to read the whole thing though. Yeah, uh, and that's it, the whole it's column, great. Just it's the great. whole ending. <laughs> yeah, just just read the part. No, here we go. I'm going to just read this paragraph. Um, so if you're a tech, this is Walt in 2000 now, if you're a techie or you can hire or borrow a techie to help you set it up, Orinoco is a great product. If not, I still think Wi-Fi has huge potential. <laughs> once the setup gets much easier or once internet service providers install it for you at the same time they put in the DSL or cable modem. Now, I just, very few people in their lives ever have to write for the an audience the size of the journal's audience, whether or not they think a, a technology like Wi-Fi will be good or not. And I just want everybody to consider, A, Walt saw it. He saw it. It's true. He thought it was great. And he thought, oh, this could still use some work. Put yourself in those shoes because I can't even imagine what it would have been like to to make that kind of bet. Because now it's just everywhere. It's water, right? It's it's just it's the air around I, us. I, I called it air in the, yeah. in, in the calm yesterday or the day before yesterday, yeah. It's. I mean, it, it it is wild to me to to, to even think. I and mean, when you do, you remember sixteen years ago writing? I still think Wi-Fi has huge potential. No, not until <laughs> until I dragged this out. And what I didn't remember was the price. I mean, we didn't talk about this, but in in those days, you had to put cards in your. Computer oh yeah. To even get Wi-Fi, and I go through in this comment talk about how much it costs, and you know, Apple even at the time of this column, apparently even Apple. Still required you to put cards in. I'm almost certain that Apple was the first, at least, B 
big name computer company. Well, it was. It was the it was the original it original iBook. It. it looked like a toilet seat. Yeah, that one, the big plastic one. People yeah. love that one. It was like the blue and the orange. Oh, right? my wife loved it. She um, didn't give it up, but it was kind of on its last legs. It's kind of amazing to think about how much Apple talks about keyboard stiffness and rigidity and all that stuff now. And in, in those models of computers, the keyboard was literally a thin membrane that like flipped out so you could stick in the airport. But cart. they put Wi-Fi in it. They put CD-ROM yeah. drives in them. Uh, even the, I mean, this is. We shouldn't go off on an Apple tangent, but in the really old days, way even before this column, Macs always had sound, real mm -hmm. sound. Um, they could play music, and uh, uh, Windows computers, you always had to buy a sound card. Yeah. And uh, so they always believed in that. Uh, they weren't always, you know, they, they, they waited till I thought, in this case, I'm sure they waited till I thought, Okay, this is going to be the standard, and then they went for it. Yeah, and, and, they, were, uh, and they were first, which they're not always first, but they were aggressively right. first to wireless. But in but in the in the at the time I wrote this column, even with most Macs, you had to buy a card, and certainly with Dell, I mentioned uh, brands here like Dells and Toshiba's, and you know you had to you had to put a card in. So it was a really complicated thing, and I think. The interesting thing is 16 years later, it's certainly less complicated because all the clients, including your bathroom scale, you don't have to do any stuff. I mean, it's just there. But the routers yep. have, have not gotten uh, better. And the reason that I – look, I, I I hate to say this, but I, I really can pretty much – decide to review whatever I want and I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't review uh, just a random router even if its name was Nighthawk I mean I just wouldn't. I'm sending you a Nighthawk man <laughs> yeah I'm sure so many will. lights there's actually yeah. that my Nighthawk has so many lights on the front of it that yeah. there is a dedicated switch on the back of it to disable the lights from being distracting yeah it's, that would be that would be my wife's first thing she would want to know. How but I gotta say, as a gadget nerd, that is the best. It, it like it makes me happy every time I consider the existence of of said well, good. switch. Good. The, um, it's also a very fast router. Should make you happy. Um, but but the the router guys uh, and, and 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 gals yeah. really have uh, not done what they should have done to make this. Well, easy. no, it's interesting and, because if you think about so. I mean, I hate to keep picking on this poor Nighthawk, but we can keep doing it. Um, if you just think about where the innovation went from this 2000-era stuff, right? It was the first silver UFO Apple base station and the airport card, and that was sort of a closed system, and it kind of, you know, it was, it was built on the standard, but it all worked together, and the software was all there. And then the cable company started putting in the stuff. You bought your own router, and you would buy your own router because you are a power user. So all the innovation has occurred in making the routers more complex, more feature complete. They, um, you can do insane things with my Nighthawk. You can, you can program your own quality of service settings and throttle specific ports and apps. You can open it for gaming. You can reduce the latency to zero inside the network. I mean, just you can plug in RAID arrays. You can just like do anything. It's a, it's a little Linux computer, right? You can literally do almost anything you want with it. But for the average consumer, that doesn't improve their quality of Wi-Fi. But the market for I just want better Wi-Fi hasn't been there because the the service providers are putting in modems and saying, here you go, you have Wi-Fi now. And I think the challenge right. for a company like Eero is going to be to say, like, hey, like, 
you have 90 devices in your home or there's just two of you and you, there's 16 things we can rattle off at the top of our heads. All of them need Wi-Fi. You have a big house. You want it to work everywhere. Or you have an older home with chicken wire walls. You want it to work everywhere. Try this new product that costs 199 for, What is it? 500 for three? Yeah, 500 for three. Yeah, 199 for one or 500 for three. That's, that is a challenging proposition. And I think the reason the market hasn't been innovating there is because the power users know what they want. They'll argue about it in the DSL reports forums. Um, and then everybody else is fine with whatever. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the cable box, right? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. It's very it's, it's analogous to the cable box problem. So, Evie, did, and, you, did and, you talk but, to you? Know, about- and and I, I know that you and I are not like everyone, mm-hmm. um, even though we don't have exactly the same tastes in routers. <laughs> uh, when Verizon put this orange box in, yeah. the very first thing I did was to shut, shut off the Wi-Fi, the wireless yep. part of it. Uh, because it's in a ridiculous place and it would never it would never cover the house and i had this kind of two networks with one id thing set up with apple so i just connected it to the apple thing and got i forgot verizon and apple i guess uh, to help me go in and configure it so that it was pretty much like it was before except i now have this orange box sitting here yeah. and um uh, and I get actually more than I than the, this is unusual, but I get faster speeds than I'm paying for. Same, uh, with my, I think this is like just a FiOS thing. I think it's Fio, yeah, FiOS uh, under promises and over delivers at least for us. Yeah, and so um, you know I know that's not normal uh, uh, because most people would say, well, if, if the if FiOS company, Verizon gave me this orange thing it must be great must work great and i just i have the complete opposite point of view like i get that they know how to put the fiber in under my lawn i trust them for that (laughs) i get that they know how to put that uh uh you know network terminal thing optical network terminal with the laser in it that's in my case on the side of my house your case i guess it's inside uh i get that but um i don't think that when it comes to actual devices they like this that, that they're the best choice which is yeah. why i went and then bought uh, a bunch of different people's routers winding up with the apple ones and now i'm switching to aero you're doing it yeah, but i don't you know just so the readers know a none of us at the verge have any stock in these companies we don't get paid and i'm paying full retail yeah which is part of our whole ethics deal so what a bummer um that whole ethics deal just keeps coming back um, I know. so it's so do i get a pay raise it's like why are we can i have a pay raise to cover this what's the point of being in charge of this joint if we can't escape <laughs> our own ethics policy <laughs> I know. uh man why did we write it <laughs> um <laughs> uh no it's great um what I was there was a thought in there. You were you were leading me to a place. It's it's what's funny about it. Oh, I know what it is. It's Verizon. Do you remember? I think Verizon was one of the major wireless mobile wireless carriers who refused to put Wi-Fi on their phones, and their argument was our mobile network is better than your home Wi-Fi, and this went on for years. Verizon Blackberries didn't have Wi-Fi forever. Uh, and I think it only started, the tide started to change 
Do you remember when Apple put out the first iPhone? They were like, it has Wi-Fi. And everyone yeah. was like, Wi-Fi and a mobile network? You're crazy. Uh, and now what I think is amazing is my AT&T iPhone, it's provisioned such that whenever it sees a Wi-Fi network, it will move the voice calls to the Wi-Fi network. It won't even yeah. touch the mobile network. I was on uh, the plane coming home last night, uh, and it tried to make a voice call over the GoGo. It was so excited about a Wi-Fi network that it was like, all right, you're on your AT&T, you know, your number no, works. No, it won't work. It, it absolutely did not work. But the phone, I mean, it's just funny. This thing we're saying about fixed points, it's the whole world thought everything would be mobile right now, by now. Like, everything would be mobile, everything would be connected to a high-speed mobile broadband network from AT&T or Verizon or T-Mobile or whoever. And it's just funny that we're talking about Wi-Fi in this in this way because it's still, for most people, the most reliable network they'll touch. And I think it's it's actually important to make that easier and better for people. So is it time for a Steve Jobs story? It absolutely is time for a Steve Jobs story. All right, here's a Steve Jobs story about this. Yeah. So when the iPhone came out, mm-hmm. and it was only on AT&T, but you know, this would have been the same thing. I don't remember the exact timing of this conversation, so it could have been after they went to the second network, which I think was Verizon. Um, he said to me, you know, we... We built a feature in, which you could you could opt out of, you could turn it off, which would pop up the names of Wi-Fi networks when it discovered them as you were walking or driving or whatever with the phone. And it would say, would you like to connect to this network? And you, that's still there. Feature's still there as far as I know. I always have it turned off because of what I'm about to say. And Jobs says... So I'm walking around Palo Alto, and my idea or my thought when we were building this was you would be able to go, yes, we were on an edge network, and it was AT&T, and you know, it wasn't that great, but we had Wi-Fi. So you'd be, And everybody has Wi-Fi in their house or their small business or whatever. So you'd be able to walk down the street and just join these networks as you yep. went along. And, of course, I discovered that people had them locked with passwords, <laughs> and you couldn't do that. So all the, even though the thing would pop up and tell you there was a network, your odds of actually getting on the network were pretty low. And I said, yeah, that's why I, ha- I turned it off. And he said, but I have an idea. I think that what I'm going to do is – what I want to do is get the entire industry to put in guest networks on their routers – that will be firewalled off and sandboxed off in such a way that nobody on them can get into your actual computers and right. real network. But yet you can take some small part of your Wi-Fi capacity and let strangers and you know uh, passers-by use it. There's a few but remember, you're, you're going to be out of the range of that house very quickly. You're not going to – if you loiter on the sidewalk using somebody's Wi-Fi for a long time – uh, that's going to be a problem. There are, there's a few companies. Isn't like one called like Phone? Am I crazy? F-O-N? Yeah, Phone, F-O-N, which yeah. is out of Spain and has never made an impact here, which is a little different than what he was saying, which is that every they really are sort of like a giant mesh network where everyone kicks in capacity. But anyway, so Jobs says to me, I've already been in contact with I'm not going to say the names, but Company X and Company Y, which were big in the router business, 
bigger than Apple. And we're negotiating, we're discussing this. And in fact, but it never happened. And Apple did put the guest network feature in its routers. I don't know how many people use them. By the way, Eero has a guest network feature. Yeah. And probably your Nighthawk does too. Yeah. Uh, Where you can do, have no password or an easy password or whatever you want to do. But that, but, but jobs actually had this idea or dream that, you know, you could flood the whole of, I guess in his case, Palo Alto, but it could be Brooklyn yeah. with Wi-Fi, and and then you would you would just have it everywhere. It's, and I mean, it would, it's a crazy dream. I love it. It's like a hacker dream, right? It's like a very, it's a very Steve Jobs. What if we everyone just gives away a little little bandwidth, and then we'll make some? You know, it's like I like it. Right. It's crazy though. I mean, if you don't live in a populated area, it just means your phone doesn't work. Right. No, that that's true. Kind of a downside. Do you remember war chalking? People, yes, and war driving. When Wi-Fi was rare and new, people would, and I can't remember what the symbols were, but they had particular symbols they would put on the sidewalk to let you know there was Wi-Fi in that building and that you could kind of hang around there for a little bit and get a, get a connection. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and th- I had a war driving app on my laptop that you would, you would drive around a neighborhood and it would pick up every single Wi-Fi network and, uh, and tell you, I mean, I have no idea what the purpose of this was, but we did it because we were young and foolish. But you still have that in your iPhone. You probably just don't have it turned on. No, this is like a, I mean, you can do it with an iPhone. You still need a separate app for the iPhone, but this, no. this was an app no. on my computer. No, there's a feature built into the iPhone that just pops up a thing when you go buy a network. No, no, no. This was like a very targeted it had a name. I don't remember what it was. Uh, it was okay. a very like it was a window. It showed you signal strength. It would try to like guess a oh, password. I, I, I it was see, like a whole thing. Um, so it, it was sort of criminal. A criminal. Thing. It was. It was criminal in the sense that I was like a teenager with an iBook. You know, just seeing what I could yeah. do, pushing the boundaries. That's what I do, Walt. I know that. You know. <laughs> Why well, you and I are friends? <laughs> exactly. You Young. do it, and I remember doing it. Exactly. So. Well, I've, I've, I mean, I mean, I know what I'm doing tonight is I'm getting an iBook G3 and I'm going to war drive Brooklyn. Um, you yeah. know, it's actually really interesting. You were talking about these symbols. Uh, there's like a little. It's we. It's like a standard in my neighborhood, at least, where every bar or restaurant I go to, and maybe this is true for other people. I'd love to hear about it if it is. Um, every bar or restaurant, their Wi-Fi password is their phone number, which is a great, great yeah. system. But it's That's just sort of like. Common. It just sort of like spiraled out. It wasn't that way a few years ago in my neighborhood, and now suddenly everything is like that. And it's it's just weird these like little emergent behaviors that develop. I think it's about fifty fifty around here, and um, but not everybody knows that, so or knows the phone number. But right. yeah, no, I just think yeah. it's, it's like it's just we depend on the stuff, we need the stuff, and we've our culture is just sort of like built a little system to make it a little bit easier to speak a common language about what we rely on. Anyway, that's, that's off, off in the distance. Um, anyhow, do you have any more, any more wide-ranging thoughts about Wi-Fi? I feel like I this have, episode has no been more, all over the place. No more. Yeah, that's good, though. I, uh, and we did warn everyone. We did. We did <laughs> warn. Fair warning. If you stuck with us to the end, this is your fault. You, you made your own choices. Um, okay. Well, that is it for another episode. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, we love your feedback, so please get us on Twitter. Uh, Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I'm at Reckless. 
Um, Walt also has a very popular Facebook page. Um, and I I was told very sternly today that I need to make my Facebook page more popular. So um, find us on Facebook. Your Facebook page sucks. Apparently. Yeah, it's garbage. It's really no good. Because um, well, I didn't get a note like that. Yeah, I know. Well, you have like a million Facebook friends. I, I don't know. I've got like 10. Um, <laughs> so I'm working on it. So if you know... Followers, not friends. Followers. If you know something like 900,000 people... I don't. Send it my way. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, we also love it when you leave reviews for us on iTunes, uh, which is, I know a lot of people listen to us on other platforms, so iTunes is still the biggest one for us. So hit us up, leave a review for the podcast, preferably uh, five stars, or just tell us uh, tell us how good your Wi-Fi is. You're telling on. people what, how many stars? I'm just saying what I prefer. I'm not saying that you have to do anything. I'm saying yeah. There's there's a number of stars that Give I think is the best. Give us five stars number. or a nighthawk will come <laughs> passing through your window. I think a lot of people would like that. I think you just incentivize one star. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, I, know, I know you think that. Give us five like stars that. and I'll give you a nighthawk. You get, How's that? Get a little sleep and you may rethink that. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then there's so many other podcasts to listen to. Uh, Peter Kafka just started a new podcast. Uh, on the Recode side, uh, called Recode Media, which is really great, full of cool interviews. He launched it at Code Media, so lots of stuff from there going to that feed. Kara Swisher, of course, has Recode Decode. Uh, Kara and Lauren Good uh, from the Verge team have Too Embarrassed to Ask. Uh, and then on Thursdays, I host the Vergecast, uh, which is always a good time. And Dieter's back from his wedding, so that'll be a good show this week. Um, we also have What's Tech with Chris Plant. We have Verge ESP with Emily Yoshida and Liz Pato. Do we have another one? God, we have so many. Just listen to everything. Never stop <laughs> listening to the Verger Recode uh, in your headphones. Uh, and we will be back next week. Thanks so much for having us.